The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, member of the Wells, on April 7, 2013, based on Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit shows us our risen Savior today is a portion from the second lesson. We look at Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests, to serve his God and Father, to him, be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Who are you? I'm not asking for your name or for a brief description. Psychologists say that people often ask themselves that question when they go through a, a life-changing experience. Who am I? You know, life-changing experiences may be something good and positive like graduating and moving out of the home, or it can be something negative as well like losing a job or a loved one. You see, often our identity, our, our thoughts of who we are are based on our marriage, our family, our job, our friends, our stuff. And so when these things are changed, that question pops up. Who am I? But dear friends, maybe there is a better way for us to ask that question, a better way for us as Christians. You see, when I ask myself, who am I, that tends to turn my thoughts inward so that they become self-centered, even a type of navel-gazing. Maybe it'd be better to ask, what has Easter made me to be? What has Easter made you to be? And we're not talking about God's creative work when he made us, knitting us together in our mother's room. We're talking about his recreating of us in the image of his son. For you see, Easter has brought you and me over from death into new life in Christ, a new creation. What has Easter made you to be? That's the answer, really, to that question, who am I, for us Christians? And how wonderfully the Holy Spirit reveals that answer to us through these words that he gave the Apostle John to write here. These words were given to John about seven decades after the first Easter. The gospel of Jesus has spread throughout the Roman Empire and even beyond. And along with that has come persecution. The other apostles have died, probably all from a martyr's death, put to death because of their faith in Jesus. John is the only apostle left, and he's been exiled by the Roman government to the island of Patmos. 
Now during this time of persecution and darkness, the risen Jesus appears to John in his glory. And you heard a description of that in the second lesson. Today, read earlier, he wanted to assure John and the church of that day and his people of all time that he, the risen Jesus, truly does reign over all, that he, that he lives. He is truly the firstborn from the dead, as the text says here. But why did he die in the first place? Think about that as you hear what he says here. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. That, dear friends, is why he died. Now there was nothing in us or about us to attract that love. Just the opposite. The Bible clearly says, for example, in Psalm 5, God hates all who do wrong. And how much wrong haven't you and I done each day of our lives? Like filthy rags, our sins make us unacceptable to God's holiness, repulsive to him. And that's how extraordinary this love is. For you see, God's love, fully knowing the sinners we were born as, yet nevertheless that love reached out. And not only that, that love gave his son in love. In that extraordinary love, Jesus, the Son of God, came to set us free. And what a price he paid for our freedom. His own blood. For nothing less than the blood of God could set us free from the wages that our sins have rightly earned us. What extraordinary love. And that's why we never want to lose sight of the bloody sacrifice Jesus made for us as he suffered on the cross to set us free. For as we continually look at that sacrifice, we see just how extraordinary that love is. Notice how, how, how it says here, to him who loves us, present tense. It's not only that he loved us back then when he died, but that sacrifice reminds us of his love that continues to you and to me today. His love that gave his blood to set us free. And so, like Thomas, marvel at the nail marks in your Savior's hand and the spear wound in his side, for he was pierced for you. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Freed by his blood, we no longer stand condemned by our sins. The Bible clearly says the wages of sin is death. But Jesus' blood has set us free from what our sins have rightly earned us, from those wages. His blood has set us free from death's power to drag us into the fiery pit of hell. That passage goes on and says, and the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6. That's the freedom Easter proclaims to us. Freed by Christ's blood, 
We stand before the holy God washed clean. In fact, we approach his throne with boldness and confidence because of Jesus' blood. For you see, in Christ, through faith in his blood, you and I are his holy people. We are his saints. And don't get me wrong there. I'm not saying that my daily life is free of sin, no. Though it pains me, I daily sin much more than I realize. But each and every day, Jesus' blood washes me clean, wipes my record clear. And his blood does the same for you, dear Christian. And so we stand before God with our record free from sin because of Jesus' blood. That's the freedom Easter proclaims to us. And so what does this make us? What does this freedom that Easter proclaims, what does Easter make us before God? Well, dear friends, it makes us priests. Priests who can approach the Holy God. Priests, as it says here, to our Savior's God and Father. Now, what does that exactly mean, that we are priests? Well, in the Old Testament, the priests were the ones who acted as the go-betweens between God and the people. They were the ones who prayed for the people and they offered the sacrifices that the people brought. Now, because we've been freed by Christ's blood, you and I, no longer need a sinful human being to be our go-between. We do not need saints or angels to bring our prayers before the Holy God. Rather, you, dear Christian, washed clean by Jesus' blood, you, as a priest, can bring your prayers and petitions directly to our Lord Jesus Christ and His Heavenly Father. Yes, go to him directly with your pleas and petitions, with your prayers and requests. For his blood has freed you from the guilt of sin so that you can stand before him as a priest offering those prayers with that confidence of faith. You can speak to the holy God because Easter has made you a priest. And also, just as those Old Testament priests brought sacrifices, so also, as New Testament priests, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. But let, let's make sure we understand that word sacrifice properly here. We're not talking about a sacrifice that pays for sin because Jesus has already made that sacrifice once and for all. And we're not talking about sacrifice in the sense of something that we reluctantly surrender and that causes us a pain of sense uh, that causes us a sense of pain or loss. No, we're talking about a sacrifice in terms of a thank offering, something that flows out of us with joy and thankfulness for all that our God has done for us. You see, as priests, we can offer our entire lives. And we do offer our lives to our God. So that in all that we do in our lives, we aim to do it for His glory and His honor. 
with a confidence that he accepts it as a, a thank offering. Because we've been freed by Jesus' blood and therefore are priests before our God. And think about how remarkable that is. For even though, even the best that I still do is corrupted by my sin and in and of itself would be unacceptable to God, yet Jesus' blood washes it clean so that as you and I do what is in line with God's commandments and do it out of faith in Christ, filled with joy and thanks to our Savior, whatever you do for his glory there, is an acceptable and pleasing offering to your God because Easter has made you a priest. Who are you? What has Easter made you? Freed by Christ's blood, you, dear Christian, are a priest through faith in Jesus Christ. And if that sounds too good to be true, don't take my word for it. Be convinced by Christ's testimony. And that's the second part here today. For you see, Jesus is the faithful witness, as John calls him in the text here. The the risen Jesus is God's yes and amen behind all of his promises. Yes, God's word is the truth because Jesus has risen from the dead. God's word is to, believe, is to be believed with all sureness, firmness, and certainty because Jesus has risen from the dead. He is the faithful witness. And what does his testimony say? Well, you have it right here. To him, uh, that he has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. And so you have his testimony, not only that we are priests, but that we are also a kingdom. Now what does that mean? What does that mean to be a kingdom? Well, when you hear that, first of all, adore your king, Jesus Christ. And know that he, as it says here, is the ruler of the kings of the earth. He has power over all things. Everything and everyone must submit to him. And Easter has made you into a kingdom. For you see, through faith in Jesus, convinced by his testimony, you, dear Christian, reign with him. And that means all must serve for your eternal good. Now, as we look at all the bad things that happen in our lives, we may well wonder how that could be true. But if it sounds remarkable, isn't this the same promise that the Lord makes in that well-known verse from Romans chapter 8? We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. All must serve for your eternal good because Easter has made you into a kingdom. Now, don't get me wrong here. The world is not going to acclaim us as Christ's kingdom. The world is not going to lavish on us its wealth and and praise. No. That's not Christ's testimony. That's not what faith believes. But rather, no matter what the world hurls at us, 
your king, Jesus Christ, will make it work out for your eternal good because Easter has made you into his kingdom. No matter what the pain or loss, no matter what the trouble or tragedy, no matter what the heartache or the sickness, be convinced by Christ's testimony that he will make it serve for your good. And what confidence this gives us, especially when we face troubles and trials because we're following Jesus like the apostles did in the the first lesson today. No matter what kind of hateful opposition you face when you stand up for Jesus, no matter what kind of insults or ridicule or lies or betrayals or whatever other kind of persecution that comes because you are showing Christ's love to others and testifying about your risen Savior. Be convinced by Christ's testimony that none of that can separate you from the love of God. For Easter has made you into a kingdom. And this not only gives us hope and perseverance to endure those times of trouble, it also gives us the strength and motivation to move forward, to continue to show love and kindness in the name of Christ to others, even when that might be rejected. It gives us the the, the strength and motivation to pray for our enemies and not worry if they return our kindness with cruelty, knowing that Christ is taking care of us and ruling over all things and that we are his kingdom and that is what Easter has made us. That's what gives us the strength to turn the other cheek or to repay insults with gentleness and kindness For yes, your risen Lord is taking care of you and all must serve for your good. Believe that truth and live it. And let that motivate and strengthen you to move forward in sharing the good news of Jesus and demonstrating his love and kindness towards others. Fully convinced by Christ's testimony that Easter has made you into a kingdom. Who are you? Well, maybe you can convince someone about who you are by showing them your driver's license, like we do at the airport with the the, the security there. But when you're asking yourself that question, who am I? Don't look at your driver's license or anything else about yourself. Look at the empty tomb of Easter. Look at your risen Savior. And know what Easter has made you. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.